Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. An eventful morning already. Given this computer yesterday. Oh, wow, look at that. the powers that be here. Mm-hmm. You know, to replace this 830-pound uh, 1912 version. 1912? 1912. I was thinking one. older than that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and show, show uh, I mean, you've got, like, no half your keys are thing, missing on that one. Yeah, two, one. well, two keys are missing. Oh. Close to half. My bad. But on this brand new one, uh-huh. the email won't work. It won't send. You know, the when you when you put the cursor on send... It's great. It doesn't light up. It doesn't light up. Yeah, and it won't. It doesn't even... send. It doesn't receive. So it won't cut. It won't paste. Right. So then you think, oh well, I'll just copy and paste. Yes, that's what up, you think. Open and up then my no. web-based email, and it won't do it. And it won't even highlight. It's it's very strange. I've never seen anything like it. So right back to my 1912 version. Mm-hmm. So it really uh, helped with your uh, show prep activities. It this did morning. help. It helped a lot. <laughs> it really did. Oh. And this one has been crashing because supposedly it's full. And then we had our engineer guy delete mm-hmm. some of the stuff because we don't have they can't, we can't be trusted with administration uh, of our own computers. We can't. Yeah, you, you know what so, I think happened is, is yeah, it's when Jeffy borrowed your laptop, mm, clogged it up with a bunch of uh, that files. Could well be, yeah. And uh, next thing you know, it's crashing on you. Has no memory space left. Yeah, no memory, so you can't do anything on it. And halfway through, so I had to bag that one. <laughs> then halfway through it on this one, it crashes because it's full. Yeah, all right. So enough of our problems. <laughs> so it's a great start. First world problems, there I will go. admit. <laughs> Yet still really irritating. Very much so. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Let me start out by telling you about uh, Riduzone. For about 60 seconds here, because this could really help if you're trying to lose weight and you've gotten really frustrated. Nothing seems to work. You can't really control your appetite, even though you try. It's not about willpower. Scientists now understand it's about our nature. Our brains are wired for survival, so they keep telling our bodies we need more calories no matter how much we eat. Luckily, your body produces a chemical called OEA, which sends a signal to your brain that you're full. It's just that most of us don't produce enough of it. And then that's where Riduzone comes in to strengthen that signal to your brain that you're full. FDA accepted Riduzone was developed to provide the OEA we need. Now, it's been great to endorse this because our listeners are always, they come down here occasionally. uh, Riduzone brings them in to do testimonials and things. Man, do they love this product. Mm -hmm. And they love it because it's worked for them. It's a safe vegetarian gluten-free supplement uh so order it today use the promo code pat and you'll get 30 percent off a three-month supply riduzone.com r-i-d-u-zone.com riduzone.com Uh, after the Saudi Arabian oil well bombing, uh, we got the biggest spike in the price of oil in history. Wow. We're blaming, of course, Iran. I, I don't. I, we. I don't think. I don't know that we have absolute proof. I don't know that we're positive, but a, a faction, a group that is supported by Iran, has claimed credit. 
So Brent crude futures, that's apparently the international benchmark, rose as much as 19.5% in one day to 71.95 per barrel. Uh, biggest jump on record. Wow. Wow. See, and when I woke up to that news on Saturday morning, I said, we got to fill up the tanks. Let's go. Let's fill them up. Fill them up. And so we did. Mm-hmm. And Saturday, the price stayed the same. Sunday, the price stayed the same. And then yesterday, oh, oh, oh it was hang on time. But, really? Uh, I, haven't fi- I haven't filled up yet. It did go up a lot. Yeah, it went up about 30-something ah. uh, cents uh, in my neck of the woods. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, wow. Uh, uh, I, I guess it's a matter of oil execs or whoever f- sets the price. I guess they don't mm-hmm. uh, work on the weekends and they didn't send <laughs> the fax to their uh, local uh, stores or whatever. But yeah, uh, it took it took 48 hours to kick in. But boy, yesterday it did. And that's probably just the beginning. Yeah. Which isn't a pleasant thought, but it's probably true. Yeah. Every time anything like this happens. I mean, if there's a threat of something happening down the road. Right. If an oil exec sneezes or has a uh-huh. sniffles or something, right. it's game on for the price hikes. But I saw a tweet over the weekend, uh, Jason Buttrell uh, here at The Blaze, who said that uh, we get 5% of our oil from Saudi Arabia. I think it's 4 but yeah. Okay. And, and only half of their uh, oil output was affected. Right. So shouldn't maybe... The price had gone up two, two and a half percent. No, is that not how that works? It, no, it's never how it works. No, it's never logical like that. Uh, yeah, we are not reliant on Saudi or Saudi Arabian oil Love or that. anybody in the Middle East or Venezuela. It's or Russia. So that's not where we get ours. We get most of ours, a lot of ours now from us. And that's what we've always wanted to keep the price from spiking, right? Yes. Yes. And so, yet here we are. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo blamed Iran for the coordinated strikes to the heart of Saudi Arabia's oil industry, uh, saying they marked an unprecedented attack on the world's energy supply. Strike shut down half of the kingdom's crude production. And so, obviously, that's, that's why prices are going up right now. It's amazing how when something goes wrong, it goes up almost immediately. Although, like Keith said, it took maybe two days here and uh, this hours. last time. Business but still, hours. two days, and it's, they're <laughs> skyrocketing. When things are good, it's like, okay, when do we? When is that going to be reflected it's at the a pump? Slow taper. Right. It never falls as precipitously. Se- thank you. So yes. really, I think your word's better than it does when it goes up, and that's so aggravating. Mm, really is. The president tweeted out based on the attack on Saudi Arabia, which may have. May have an impact on oil prices. Yeah. yeah this, was, this was earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have authorized the release of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, if needed, in a to be determined amount. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to do that yet. No. Don't need to do that. We need that for a, when we're at war. Yeah. Which we better not be. He also tweeted out uh, Saudi Arabia oil supply was attacked. There is reason to believe that we know the culprit. Of course, that one was. It's been uh, it's been speculated again that it was that it's Iran. What are we going to do about that? Are we going to hit them? He kind of says we're locked and loaded and ready to go. Yeah, when Saudi Arabia basically gets back to us on this, I don't think so. Uh, come on. Uh, so are we at the beck and call of Saudi Arabia for their <laughs> for their aggression for their attacks on other countries? 
Let them attack the other country. Let them attack Iran if that's who did it. What do we have to do with it? And again, we don't even get their oil. Very little of it. So strange. Very weird. So Tulsi Gabbard took this occasion to uh, rip President Trump on the Iranian threats. Acting like Saudi Arabia's bitch is not America first. Wow. Mm, There you go. All right. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Replying directly to Trump, she slammed the president for, in her view, seeking uh, marching orders with regard to a potential strike against Iran following the attack on the Saudi plant, the oil uh, plant. Trump awaits instructions from his Saudi masters, Gabbard wrote. Having our country act as Saudi Arabia's biatch is uh, not America first. Wow. She also said to Trump, I think this was also a tweet, right? That, uh, I don't know. She said that to a quote. That's a quote. Yeah. We are not your prostitutes. You are not our pimp. Somebody's trying to get some attention. Mm hmm. Somebody uh, wants her name out there. Somebody wants some donations to her campaign. I don't know that that's going to get her on the debate stage. <laughs> I, I don't either, but... publicity there. She's in there pitching. Uh, the Justice Department, in the meantime, is uh, going to reveal the name of the individual accused of aiding the 9-11 hijackers. Now, this is thought to be a Saudi Arabian national... And that's why this is so sensitive, and it's taken 18 years. 18! And is this somebody that's in the uh, Saudi Arabian government? Yeah, we don't know yet. Is it, okay, so we don't know who but it is. Like, there's a lot of speculation it is, yeah. Wow. The person's identity will remain a closely guarded secret for now, though it will be shared with attorneys representing the families of the victims of the attacks who have alleged the government of Saudi Arabia helped uh, coordinate the terrorists in a lawsuit. I see. So they have petitioned the Justice Department to release the name. The move to disclose the name came a day after the 18th anniversary, so it was last week sometime, uh, which nearly 3,000 men and women, of course, were killed. Um, that disclosure has come under President Trump's uh, Trump. It's especially striking given the administration's efforts to maintain close relations with uh, Saudi Arabia. Including, as you might remember, downplaying the whole Jamal Khashoggi incident where they chopped him up and uh, killed him pretty brutally. First they killed him, I think. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they killed him up by chopping him up. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure of the order of his, his entire... Uh, and you know what? I'm not either. Yeah. I don't think anybody is because we weren't there. And nobody's fessing up to that. So 15 of the 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists who hijacked the four planes were Saudis and they're worried that you know the thought process has always been that somebody financed them uh don't we don't know who that is but uh, it's speculated and it's been speculated the whole time that it was a Saudi national and maybe somebody very high up be interesting to see if we ever find that out for sure yeah Also, speaking of oil, the Trump administration uh, took a major step toward opening up Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to oil drilling. Yes. Anwar. I like it. Of course, getting all kinds of criticism from the environmentalists 
And there's an effort by Democrat lawmakers to make it off limits through legislation. The Department of Interior Thursday issued the final environmental study for its plan to open up drilling on in Anwar, a 19 million acre area that is home to wildlife populations, including porcupine caribou. Oh, no. Whoa, whoa, What are whoa. porcupine caribou? I don't know, but I now it's personal. Yeah. Porcupine caribou? I'm going to look this up. Hmm. Maybe they're like, now that'd be pretty cool if they were like yeah, they, caribou, caribou with, with quills. Oh, man. In their back, that would be really cool. I don't think I've ever seen one, but... i got to find this out. Of course, there's also polar bears and millions of birds that migrate to uh, six of the seven continents. Okay, those are dumb birds then. Yeah. I mean, if if I can fly Mm -hmm. on my own, just flap my wings and go wherever I want, the last place I'm going is somewhere really cold. That's dumb. (laughs) That that bird shouldn't be alive. Uh, Let's see. How like... Porcupine caribou. <clears throat> the documents, uh, while well, you find the porcupine yeah, yeah. caribou, mm-hmm. the publication puts the government on track to sell oil and gas leases there later this year. Three U.S. lawmakers from Alaska, all Republicans, applauded the decision. Earlier in the day, the U.S. House of Reps passed a bill to reverse the 2017 law that allows oil and gas drilling in part of Anwar. There's no reason... There's no reason at all to stop drilling in Anwar. I thought it was just pristine. It's remote. Beautiful. It's not pristine no, it's like... nor beautiful. It's a it's a wasteland. There's nothing there. If you look at it, you would think, oh, okay, well, why aren't we drilling I it there? Was heaven on earth is what I was led to believe. Yeah, with the with the porcupine uh, caribou just frolicking all over the place with the birds and a few polar bears. <laughs> okay, this is <laughs> what a dumb name for a caribou because. It should have spikes. It should have the quills, yeah, you should. know? But it it's, doesn't? No, it's because they breed near the Porcupine River. Oh, that's stupid. That is ridiculous. What a letdown that was. That is heartache. What right an there. absolute letdown. Uh-huh. I say we kill all the Porcupine caribou. Yeah, then you don't have to worry about protecting them now, do that's you? That's right. Huh. huh. Yep. And let, let, the, uh, let the polar bears eat them. I like it. Everybody wins. Uh, see, they're area their their feeding area is melting see and uh mm-hmm. the uh polar bears are drowning and their babies and they need food their babies are suffering oh no really the little baby polar yeah. bears are suffering uh-huh. yes tell me about it okay a tragedy is unfolding in it the is. world today right climate change is threatening one of the most magnificent wild animals on the planet gerbils Polar bears. Oh, that's right. They're struggling to survive. Struggling to survive. The ice is melting all around them. Oh, no. No. Don't say that. And food is becoming harder to find as they lose their hunting grounds. Oh, gosh. Darn it. Dang it. Dang. Climate change. Climate change. It's happening happening right right now. now. Right now. And it's leaving mothers weaker and unable to provide for their young. Yeah. Yep. And cubs Cubs. dying. Dying. Without enough to eat. Without enough to eat. Drowning, starving Starving. to death. Yeah. Polar bears. Just piles of polar bears all over the Arctic. (laughs) All over. Dead polar bears everywhere you look. Wow. amazing. Well, except for the fact that their population has increased 500% since 1970. But don't don't let that get in the way. You said besides that, though. Beside that, yes. You you were accurate. Apart from all of that. Apart from any fact in this situation... Uh, it's really tragic up there. Really, really tragic. Sounds bad. So it would be great if the porcupine caribou died. Then they can just go eat them. 
They got a ready-made meal right there. It's like somebody served them a TV dinner. It's fantastic for the polar bears. And then we can drill. Yes, then and we can drill. Everybody's happy. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you about iTarget Pro. According to the Gun Violence Archive, a nonprofit that tracks gun violence, there's there's been 275 mass shootings this year. Now, that definition includes four or more people being shot, uh, so not necessarily, you know, wounded or killed. But it would be a great idea for you uh, to get some training in. You know, maybe it's not convenient to go to the range all the time. And it's certainly expensive, and so is the ammo. But if you could dry fire at home, can you imagine how proficient you could become with your gun? That's why you need to go to your computer right now and order the iTarget Pro system. It's the first dry fire training system to combine the smartphone technology with the industry's best laser bullet. That's why it's so safe. You don't have an actual bullet in the chamber. You just put the uh, the laser bullet in there, and that shows you where your your shots are landing on the target. Yeah, and, and the fact that you're practicing in your own home where you might, God forbid, yes. face a threat yeah. says a lot because I, I don't anticipate uh, having a bad guy you know show up at a shooting range mm-hmm. uh, to confront me. True. That's not really where I want to practice. So okay. you can work out all the angles and, and all your strategy right there in your own home. Mm-hmm. Comes with your caliber-specific laser, uh, laser bullet, and the targeting system. And right now, you can get 10% off plus free shipping when you use the offer code PAT. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, then targetpro.com. itargetpro.com, offer code PAT. Pat Gray. Unleashed. A tragedy is unfolding oh, in the no. world today. No, don't say that. Climate change is yeah. threatening one of the most <laughs> magnificent wild animals oh, they on are the planet. Magnificent, aren't they? Polar bears. Polar bears. Mm-hmm. They're struggling to survive. Yeah. They're drowning. They're starving to death. It's, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you're not on board by now, you're just a heartless, godless animal. Right? Am I right? Who's with wow. me on that? I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> Reluctantly with you on okay. that. Yeah. Thank you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where uh, Vicky tweets as part of the sad coverage in the world of rock. Uh, there was this new information made available on on a Facebook page this afternoon, and it's apparently about uh, Rick Ocasek from the Cars who died yesterday or over the weekend. Monday, yeah. Um. Rick Ocasek tweeted this out before he died, obviously. From Rick's sons. Oh, yeah, so Rick's sons over. using his exactly. account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our dad was a prolific doodler. His passing was sudden, unexpected, and beyond heartbreaking. Yesterday, we found this last doodle on his armchair. Apparently, he doodled a lot. Wow. And this is the last one he ever did. He couldn't have known uh, what it would end up meaning to us. We loved, we loved him so much. Still obviously do uh that's really something and he says uh never forget that look keep on laughing do they have we heard and then it says it is what it is which is a phrase that we love yeah (laughs) dude it just is what it is dude so he was home recuperating really well after some kind of surgery we don't know what kind of surgery he had 
But uh, this is from the Okasik family. Our two sons, Jonathan and Oliver, and I were making sure he was comfortable. So is this from Paulina Poroskova? Must be, yeah. Making sure he was comfortable, ordering food, watching TV together. I found him still asleep when uh, bringing him his Sunday morning coffee. Touched his cheek to rouse him. It was then I realized that during the night he had peacefully passed on. Wow, that's really sad. Yeah. And they thought everything was going well after whatever surgery he had. We appreciate the great outpouring of love. We, his family and friends, are completely and utterly devastated by his untimely and unexpected death and would appreciate the privacy to mourn in private. Wow. Uh, sad. And again, you know, that that is because I, the cars, the cars were a huge part of my formative years. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we were just last week going <clears throat> through some of Weezer's biggest hits. And um, you were surprised by like how many? Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That first album they made it big with the uh, sweater song, you know, "Come Undone," all that stuff. That right. was produced by him, Rico Casic. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he became a pretty prolific uh, producer after he stopped. And I mean, they didn't completely stop. But uh, when Benjamin Orr, their other lead singer, died, I, I think they kind of scaled back their their performances. But um, yeah, just sad to see him go. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it Pat Unleashed on Twitter. <laughs> also, we have oh, no, we have this. The press doesn't. Uh, oh yeah, Renault doesn't, doesn't do their job. Renault sent us this tweet uh, from Canada. He found this uh, little piece of uh, news. Uh, I mean, <laughs> journalists just don't do their jobs anymore. You know? Can we see this video of the uh, lady talking about the uh, the news reporter lady? Can we see that. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. <laughs> Wait, why not? Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you tried to reach out to the man who died. Yeah. And he was unavailable for comment? Was he just not answering the phone? Does he what? think he's too cool now because he's dead to answer uh, any no, questions yeah. that a reporter would no, have? No excuses. When the press calls, <laughs> give him a comment, even if it's to say no I comment. I reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Right. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. And, of course, they used she used a uh, uh, an acceptable pronoun there because we don't know how the person who died, <laughs> we don't know how he identifies. <laughs> they were unavailable. They were unavailable. That's perfect. <laughs> Wait, Sam Smith passed? <clears throat> Wait, is that breaking news? What? <laughs> I think that's what we just learned right there. Right. One more time. Let's listen to that. Just one more time. That's uh, that's a great We report. tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Yeah. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. <laughs> Damn them. <laughs> but again, thank you for using the uh, inappropriate pronoun. Because we, we don't know how the man who died identifies. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear any more excuses from that reporter. Go knock on doors. Let's get a comment from this guy. Come on. What's your problem? What do they teach you in journalism school? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know, we were talking about uh, climate change and the polar bears and how desperate that situation is. Terrible. It's not just the Arctic that is suffering. Yeah. Yeah, and AOC pointed that out. Um, pretty soon... Things are going to be happening here in the United States of America that you're not going to be happy about. Listen to this. When it comes to climate change, what 
is not realistic is not responding to the crisis on the, on the not responding with the solution on the scale of the crisis. Because what's not Wait, realistic what? is Miami yeah. not existing in a few years. That's not realistic. No, you're right. So you're exactly right. Be <laughs> realistic about the problem. What's not realistic is Miami not existing in a few years. That's not realistic. You nailed it. Well, you're you're right. That's the first <laughs> thing I've ever agreed with you on. It's not realistic to say Miami won't exist in a few years. <laughs> she is something else, man. She's so bad. But she's obviously insinuating that Miami won't exist in a few years. Come on. That's just, that's outrageous. And yet, uh, people who believe this stuff wholeheartedly keep buying oceanfront property. We just had the news of the Obamas building uh, uh, or buying a brand new $15 million house on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, That's on an island. So, and it's right on the beach. (laughs) Thank you. So if Miami's going to be gone in a few years, certainly Martha's Vineyard's going to be gobbled up. Going to be underwater. Ah, So insane. Yep. It just proves that they don't believe what they say. Sure does. Bottom line. It's all about controlling us. Seriously, if you believed this, if you believed it's catastrophic, it's happening right now, uh, we're in dire straits, the world as we know it is essentially going to end in 11 or 12 years, would you buy a beachfront property? Would you fly... In any airplane, let alone a private jet. No way would I do that. Mm -mm. Would you go to these conferences in exotic locations all the time? No. You would insist that you do that conference online. So nobody has to burn up all that carbon uh, trying to get to that place. It's asinine. The hypocrisy is just amazing. So if they really believed it... uh, they're certainly conducting themselves in a uh, suicidal fashion. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Israel's holding another election. <laughs> yes, Yay! it's about time. It's only been it's what? It's been like five months. That long since the last <laughs> election. Yeah, yeah. Good grief. Yeah, time goes by fast. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like I was only the same year I am now. I know. How Age old were you yeah. five months ago? Uh, 43. <laughs> They're heading into Tuesday's election. It's a do-over. <laughs> I can't. In a fiercely divided nation with no definitive sign whether uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will, will regain or retain his grip on uh, being the Prime Minister. I mean, he, he was just re-elected. And I think it was April. So April, May, June, July, August. It's not even five months. It's like four and a half months. While the latest opinion polls give Netanyahu a little edge, he got a bump, I guess, in the latest ones, they still suggest he's going to struggle to put together a parliamentary majority without former Defense Minister uh, Avigdor Lieberman, a one-time ally who refused to join his government following the April 9th election. Such a weird, this is such a weird system. Yeah. You need to scrap the parliamentary system. Get rid of it. 
Haven't we shown everybody how to do this? Yeah, and it's, Come on. It's all because it was really close and contested. I got news for you. Look at the United States in the year 2000. We powered through. We figured out a way. Yeah. It was a really tight, contentious election, and it lasted. We had to, we took, a, took us a while to figure it out, but we did, and we stuck with the plan, which is every four years. Okay? Yeah, we didn't have an election every five minutes. We're like, oh, wait, that was really close. Maybe we should have Florida just re-vote. No. <laughs> so weird. So dumb. Uh, but they're going right back to it on Tuesday. So, I mean, there's, there's just no way to figure this thing out. It is. It's exactly like the metric metric system. <laughs> they need to scrap that and the parliamentary system. I mean, it's no wonder we left that continent. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 888-900-3393. Uh, let me tell you about Home Title Lock. If you've been hearing about this and you keep thinking, oh, yeah, I really, I should look into that. Uh, don't wait too long because you never know when these equity thieves are going to steal your house from you. They just forge the documents that they find online, transfer it to them, and it looks like you sold them your house. Now, no bank can do anything about this. There's no other identity theft program that takes care of this. As good as LifeLock is, they don't cover this. Home Title Lock does. They'll put a firewall around your home's online title and mortgage. Go there now. You'll get 60 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. Great to have you with us. 888-900-3393. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, the remodel of our incredible studio continues. As you might be able to... Uh, I don't know if you can see it from most of our shots, but we've got some guitars on the wall now that hopefully... Hopefully, make it look a little less jail-like. Because <laughs> how many how many jail cells have really cool guitars? Les ah. Paul guitars. I don't think very many. Probably very few. Yeah, I'll bet it's under ten thousand. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, it looks a little less jail-y now. Yeah, I think we so. We have the guitars there, I think and so. the cool thing is they're not props. Those are real. Real guitars. They are tuned. Mm-hmm. And at any moment, uh, Pat Gray here. Take them right off the wall and start just playing start them. pulling a Beto. It could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. We also might bring in a dentist, and you can watch me get a dental checkup. Wow. Okay. Are you going <laughs> to. And then on on Thursdays, we're gonna. that's our skateboard at Whataburger Day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's. Uh, yeah. So that'll be cool. What's haircut day? Oh, haircut day is uh, it's every second uh, Wednesday. Every second Every Wednesday? Every second Wednesday. Is, yeah. So starting tomorrow or is that the, the, second the next one? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. added Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, we found this tweet from Geraldo. Oh, yeah. Talking about Brett Kavanaugh. This might surprise you a little bit. How many men and women deep in middle age are embarrassed by what they did in high school or college. After decades as responsible adults, how much time must pass before distant, hazily, or inaccurately recalled events should still have power to disqualify or destroy? That's a that is that's great stuff. Yeah. Every once in a while Geraldo has a decent thought. And and that was one of them. So congratulations. Thank you. Yay. Geraldo for a for a decent thought. From it is true. I mean, even if the guy did what they say he did, it was in 1981 or 82. Are you really going to remove him from the Supreme Court because of that? 
first of all, the logistics on what they say happened are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't remember it. Yeah, that's so the I, other thing. You know, you're done at that point. Wait a minute, you don't remember the incident? No. Okay, we're done here. Nothing to see. Move along, everybody. It's just the New York Times. The New York Times trying to destroy the guy. Still. Yeah, and as somebody, uh, a pathead, pointed out on Twitter yesterday, ABC News led with this yesterday, this new Kavanaugh thing. See, the New York Times sends out this tweet Crazy. for two wow. minutes, then deletes it. It's done its damage, as yeah. the pathead pointed out on Twitter. Right. Uh, ABC News, it's now the lead thing. I see. Unbelievable. I, I, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's so difficult to... So to make wrong. sense of this world. And why Why would any good person want to be in public office and expose themselves to this? Yeah, I, no way. No way. Uh, Proud Mr. Graybeard tweets, Any chance the Saudis orchestrated the attack because they've been hurting from low, low oil prices? <laughs> All trails, from what I see, oh, no. lead back to them. <laughs> mm. I don't, you know, nothing mm. would surprise me at this point. Yeah, in 2019. Nothing surprises yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, constitutional drunk, climate change is a hoax. <laughs> In my 51 years, summer has been hot, winter has been cold. Is Wait. every other species going veg- vegan to save the planet? No! <laughs> they know how the Earth's climate works. <laughs> I don't know. The polar bears, I think, have to. I think they do have to go <clears throat> vegan because they can't get the seals anymore because the sea ice has melted. And so... You know, they got to swim around and try to get the seals in the water, and seals are just more maneuverable in the water. And so uh, these incredible animals are are dying. And they're vegan? Yeah, and they're going vegan now. But a tragedy is unfolding. Because there's a tragedy today. unfolding in the world. Climate change mm-hmm. is threatening one of the most mm-hmm. magnificent wild animals on the planet. Frogs, right? Frogs. Polar bears. Oh, they're- oh that's right. Polar yeah. bears. You thought that's it was right. frogs? Yeah, that's yeah. Aren't they one of the world's most magnificent animals? I mean, you got me there. I mean, tell me a frog isn't magnificent. Magnificent. From the Steve 42, 84% of Alaska's wildlife supports drilling. <laughs> <laughs> Several porcupine caribou were seen wearing MAGA hats. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I, I hadn't didn't seen either. that story. I'm going to need a, a photographic evidence, uh, sir. <laughs> He'll probably provide it. <laughs> well, everyone on Twitter that listens to uh-huh. this show will provide it here in uh-huh. about five minutes. <laughs> he, him, his point of white privilege tweets, uh, today is Constitution Day. Oh, let's celebrate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it is National Constitution Day. I I didn't realize that until Ken pointed it out, but now I'm, I'm in a very celebratory uh, mood and mode right now. <laughs> is that... Mostly a symbolic <laughs> holiday now? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, it's mostly symbolic. Uh, Sad, isn't it? I mean, it we, don't sure even, is. we don't even pay attention to the Constitution <laughs> anymore, let alone stop and remember it and read it and uh, share it with our children so that they can continue to defend it. You know, it's amazing because so many of our kids don't know anything about the Constitution. They have no idea what, what's in it. They think... The only thing they, they believe is in it is a separation of church and state because they hear that all the time. And that's not even in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think one of the most critical things we can do is teach our kids the Constitution. Yeah. Well, Share with them the Constitution and the Federalist Papers. Even though it's really hard to get through, uh, it, will, it will show you the background behind everything they did in the Constitution. 
and it, it explains it really well. I mean, yes, it's complicated, but it's worth it. I have got to uh, find, and I'll tweet this out later, um, but uh, there is a book that uh, me and my kids read that mm-hmm. just goes through the debates that they had setting up the Constitution, all the arguments they had. So there's no, you know, you don't have to sit here and say, I wonder if they meant this, I wonder if they meant that. They mm. tell you who was arguing for what, why they were arguing. It is so awesome, and uh, I've tweeted out excerpts before, but i got to remember the name of that book, and I'll send it out later. But uh, when you Please grow do. up, when you grow up a, a Malinac child, you mm-hmm. get to spend every New Year's morning mm-hmm. uh, reading through the uh, uh, thumbnail sketch of the Constitution and the different powers in there. But you definitely get to read <laughs> all of the amendments. It's so great, Keith. So uh, do all they the like it? Or do they look forward to what? it? My kids aren't going to tell me if they don't because. Uh, uh. They just get. They, they realize there's there's it's resistance is futile. Pat. <laughs> so you just sit there. Yeah, right. So is football on yet? It's New Year's Day, Dad. Are we going to wrap up the amendments? Because uh, you got football to watch, Dad. But uh, that's uh, that's awesome. That's life is my kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you teach him about uh, how the three-fifths clause recognized black people as three-fifths of a human being? <laughs> Do you go through that? Yeah. I hope you explain that to him. Yeah, now we go through the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the chair example that uh, Governor Morris uh, laid out. Uh, oh, you don't go through the Cory Booker example? Oh, no, we don't. Oh, wow. Shoot. Dang it. Oh, I got to mix that into the curriculum. <laughs> Cory Booker quotes. <laughs> Ugh. And how flawed that Constitution was and how mm-hmm. bad those people were. Yeah, and we, we call them... Uh, Hey, kids, gather around. We're going to read about the evil white men that made this country again. Good. So yeah, that's how good, we set good. it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that a lot. <laughs> so happy uh, National Constitution Day. It would be nice, wouldn't it, if our kids knew the explanation when people throw things out like, hey, they made the, they made black people just three-fifths of a human. That's how much they hated. That's what kind of racist they were. Hmm. Dummies. No, Dummies. they were trying to keep a country together. Mm-hmm. And, that's and they were was... trying to keep the population of the South down so they didn't have the power to keep slavery going forever in perpetuity, which would have happened had they granted them you know, bigger populations. Context. There were a lot of slaves in the South. Yeah, context matters. Really does. It really does. Um, all right, looks like Felicity Huffman... I don't, I don't know why they've shared this with us, but Felicity Huffman is going to jail. Now, what she did was pay somebody $15,000 to uh, correct her daughter's SAT or ACT scores, right? Yeah, uh, SAT, yep. SAT scores. Mm-hmm. And um, so she paid somebody $15,000 to do that. They didn't even bribe the school people. They were just trying to fix her test so that she, she could get into college. Well, she's going to jail for 14 days as a result, and they're paying a $30,000 fine. Um, but what we also found out, uh, after her sentence for the role in the college admissions scandal, pleading guilty to fraud-related charges, um, she's only going to get one roll of toilet paper for the whole time she's in jail. Oh, boy. All two weeks. I hope it's a jumbo size. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't know why they're telling us that. <laughs> and that seems to be a cruel and unusual punishment to me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Can, Your Honor, wow. can we get the sentence thrown out based on the uh, cruel based- and unusual punishment <laughs> of one roll of toilet paper? 
Wow. Well, I hope she doesn't have a hard time adjusting uh, to prison diet. I know. I know. <laughs> She'll have to turn herself in to Federal Correctional Institution in uh, Dublin. I think Dublin, Ohio. I think it's certainly not Dublin, Ireland. On October 25th, this particular prison has a reputation for being more of a cushy facility. Well, it's not very cushy if they're only giving you one roll of toilet paper for two weeks. It's for female offenders only. It doesn't house inmates convicted of more serious crimes. Upon entry, she'll be provided with a jumpsuit and a kit that includes only the most necessary hygiene items. (laughs) Toothpaste, toothbrush, comb, deodorant. Uh, One roll of toilet paper. Uh, Surprisingly, at this prison, inmates are only allowed one roll of toilet paper every other week. Wow. As Huffman will be there for two weeks, she'll have to make that one last the whole time. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this is Dublin, California, by the way. Oh, California. Just outside San Francisco. Inmates Mm. can watch the lobby television until 8.45 p.m. during the week. Then it's their bedtime? Or until 11.45 p.m. on the weekends. See, now that's not that's right. That's nice. That's nice, isn't it? And no. then do they have access to, to PlayStation? I don't, I don't know, but I mean, if, if they just have the basic cable <laughs> and you're watching a show over the air. Oh, this, that's cruel and This unusual is cruel and unusual because yeah. the show's not yeah. over at 8.45. Right. I got 15 minutes left in my show. What are you doing? No. I'd be pissed. you got to sue that state. I, I tell you what. you got to sue the she state. She needs a mistrial or something here. Right. It needs to be redone, <laughs> Your Honor. What in the world? <laughs> okay. Uh, your Honor. <laughs> I've forgotten. You know, you know what that brings back? Oh. Of course. What's oh. her face? Who, by the way, says she's in this for the long haul. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm-hmm. who did that, who did that, uh, well, they did a movie about her, and she never apparently even said this in court, but they used it in court, that, uh, little lady, the Constitution doesn't say anything about women. Neither does it say anything about the word Freedom. Oh no! That's, Your no, Honor. no, the word "woman" isn't in the woman. Constitution, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so that has forever burned into my mind mm-hmm. uh, that particular scene, but um, it never happened. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and that reminded me that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was just uh, talking about the fact that her cancer is not going to stop her. She's, she's doing fine. She got over this episode, too. She's still going to be a Supreme Court justice. She just, she's like the Energizer Bunny. Just keeps going and mm. going and going. And that's so good for America. Isn't it? I mean, to have her there as much as possible. I will tell you, I, I'll say this. If she were to, you know, somehow not be part of the, maybe she'd retire or whatever. And then Trump is allowed to appoint another justice Wow, is there going to be a battle for over that? There would be that. That would be that might just tear the country completely apart. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter now. Felicity Huffman's fourteen day sentencing has spotlighted school related cases of parents who received longer jail time in comparison to the actress's role in the college admissions scandal. A homeless woman from Bridgeport, Connecticut, was sentenced to five years in prison for enrolling her son in a school district where he he didn't reside. So 
they weren't in the boundary of the school district. She enrolled him there anyway. And she's been sentenced to five years? And the thing is, she's homeless. And so she used the babysitter's address. Oh, that's unbelievable. It's truly... Oh, my gosh. Terrible. 2011, Tanya McDowell wanted a better education for her then five-year-old son, Andrew. So she enrolled him in an elementary school in the neighboring town of Norwalk, which, yes, much nicer than Bridgeport. Using her son's babysitter's address for registration papers. At the time, she and her son were living out of her van and homeless shelters. Spending nights at an apartment in Bridgeport. The mother was arrested and charged with first-degree larceny and sentenced to five years behind bars for the stolen education. Stolen education. That is unbelievable. I mean, who's ever even heard of stolen education? Oh, and and the government does such a good job of providing an education. It's definitely worthy of thievery. Stop it. This is good, though. Uh, Singer John Legend has shed some light on her case. Uh, and of co- especially as Felicity Huffman is being highlighted here. Now, I don't, I don't think she should do a long stretch in jail either. I don't think she should go to jail at mm-hmm. all, but certainly this woman shouldn't. Legend wrote, uh, I get why everyone gets mad when rich person X gets a short sentence and poor person of color Y gets a long one. The answer isn't for X to get more. It's for both of them to get less or even none. We should level down, not up. He's exactly right about that. Yeah. I don't agree with John Legend on a lot of things, but I definitely agree with him on this. And it would be nice if uh, President Trump would intervene in this and maybe commute her sentence, give her a pardon. That oh. is asinine. Sounds like a state thing there How in Connecticut. And she is black. Mm-hmm. So it would seem to be a, uh, I mean, in Connecticut, which is very liberal, you can't... But Make this point for her? Yeah, and she's already served her time, I believe. Um, what is her name again? Does it say on there? Her name, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, Tanya McDowell. T-A-N-Y-A? Uh-huh. Okay. Let me see, because I think this is... M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L. Uh, if she already served five years in prison, she needs compensation for that. That's unbelievable. A homeless person who just registered her son in a different district than he lived... And she gets five years for that? Stop it. That, that's criminal. That is unbelievable. Do you see anything where she's already served? Mm-mm. No. I'm just wow. trying to figure this out. Because she had a... And just to be clear, uh-huh. she had a, a drug charge. That's not the five years. The five mm. years is the education. Uh, larceny. But uh, <laughs> Education larceny. <laughs> Stolen education. Stop it. How many illegal immigrants are going to school in El Paso, Texas? Hundreds. Literally hundreds. Guess what? Not only do they not live in the district, they don't live in this country. They come across the border every day, just walk across a bridge (laughs) into El Paso from Juarez, and they go to school there every day at taxpayer expense. Nobody does anything about that. That's not stolen education. It's a mad, mad world. They man. never stop that. Uh, which which situation is more critical? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the homeless woman in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 
Wow, that is just absolute madness. All right, coming up in a few minutes, after the uh, top of the hour, I'm going to tell you about the uh, U.S. officials who were worried about Chinese control of the American uh, drug supply. This opioid thing is just out of control. Also, a Dutch woman was with dementia was euthanized. She was killed against her will. Uh, the doctor in the case who killed her against her will just cleared of wrongdoing. We'll tell you about that story. That's incredible. And a definitely suspicious investigation into patient deaths at a West Virginia at West Virginia VA hospitals. That's been expanded as well. We'll tell you about that coming up in a few minutes. By the way, Tanya McDowell, uh, mm-hmm. she uh, served those five years from 2012 to 2017. Oh, my gosh. Madness. Wow. Is she suing? Be nice, be nice to see her win a massive lawsuit. Yeah. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed. Coming up. Beware. Pat Gray is unleashed. Your tweets at Pat Unleashed, constitutional drunk tweets. So if ice displaces the same volume as water when it melts, how can Miami flood if all the ice in the oceans melt? Uh, Mr. Science Denier, hmm. uh, this debate is over. Okay, the science is settled. Uh, don't try to interject any kind of facts or anything scientific into this discussion. It just doesn't work. Uh, Notorious Corn Pop tweets. I think AOC was talking about the Miami Dolphins no longer existing in a few years, especially watching their last couple of games. <laughs> Boy, yeah, they they lost the first game 59-10? I think so. 59-10. Yeah. They lost uh, the game Sunday 43 to nothing. Yes. <laughs> so congratulations. Oof. Oh, it's a good start to the season right there. Yeah, and um, if <clears throat> the Patriots, who missed, Two extra points, I believe, against the Dolphins if they had mm-hmm. converted those, which back, you know, before the last couple of years were much easier to Automatic. make. Right. Yep. Then the Dolphins would have uh, uh, set the record for most points given up, um, I think. In the first two games? The first two games ever. Ever, probably. I think, I think they were too shy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Jeez. Man. Rough Scotty start. Sweatman tweets, uh, the man selling Make Israel Great Again hats is making a fortune these days. Yep. And uh, from Land of the Fleek... Unavailable dead guy is a great band name. Oh, yeah. Not bad, yeah. UDG, opening up for better than Ezra tonight. (laughs) The Steve 42 Constitution Day is to Democrats as Halloween is to Southern Baptists. (laughs) Uh, No question about that. (laughs) The S is for travel. M uh, tweets, I can't decide which perk of being a Malinak kid is better. Reading the Constitution every New Year's Day or enjoying the minuscule TV. All right. <laughs> it's you. difficult to choose, right? Yeah, it sure is. It's tough to choose. It sure is. Uh, <laughs> here it is. Me and James Madison, every January 1st with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. I mean, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. We, we try. It's awesome. Also, do you think our politicians in Washington celebrate Constitution Day? Nope. I don't think they even know about it. I'm not <laughs> sure some of them even know about the Constitution. <laughs> Do you think they take a second look, put their hands over their hearts before they wipe their feet on the Constitution doormats? No kidding. If they can get to the actual copy, 
the original copy of the Constitution. They'd wipe their feet on it. They hate it. They hate the Constitution. It's old. It's dusty. It's outdated. doesn't apply to our time. And it's got the fingerprints of white slave owners on it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And their three-fifths clause that decided black people were three-fifths of a human being. (laughs) Tells you all you need to know. Right there. It's right there. Right there. All right. (sighs) Let me take a minute to tell you about uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. Why do you trust them? Well, because uh, we fully vet these people. This is not just a sponsor. It's Glenn's company. And so we take it pretty seriously and make sure that their cl- that our clients are having a good experience. There's 1,000 active agents across the country, um, 5,000 more on a waiting list. And they're on a waiting list because got to keep it manageable so that we can vet these people. They'll return your phone calls. They have marketing plans beyond, hey, let's have another open house. They... Uh, they care about selling your home for the most money and as quickly as possible or helping you buy one for the right amount of money. Both of those are important. And if you're relocating somewhere across the country, you've got to do both. So you definitely want good realtors. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll introduce you to the best agent in your area, somebody who actually knows your market. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's Pat Gray unleashed it on is. the plagues. Yeah, she's right. Antibiotics, which turn life-threatening infections into minor nu- uh, nuisances, are considered the single biggest advance in modern medicine. But imagine the supply, if the supply of antibiotics to the United States was suddenly cut off. What would happen then? American national security officials are worrying about that scenario. As they come to grips with this little understood fact, uh, yeah, I didn't know this about about medication. This Did you is, know this? No, this like is everything the else, scariest thing I've read in years, right here. Like everything else, the vast majority of key ingredients for drugs that many Americans rely on, manufactured mostly in China. <laughs> Jeez, this is not good. They have us by the. Uh, There's not a part of our anatomy throat. they don't have us by. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. us by the, the throat, I'll say. <laughs> They've got us right by the throat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was going to use a different part of the anatomy, and then I thought better of it. Like the arm? Mm, close. A little bit like lower. The, the uh, like the stomach. Shoulder. They have us by shoulder. the shoulder. I was thinking shoulders. No, stomach. Stomach area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As the U.S. defense establishment grows increasingly concerned about China's potentially hostile ambitions... The pharmaceutical supply chain is receiving new scrutiny. If China shut the door on exports of medicines and their key ingredients and raw material, U.S. hospitals and military hospitals and clinics would cease to function within months, if not days, according to Rosemary Gibson. She's the author of a book on the subject called China Rx. This would be worth a read. Mm-hmm. Uh, or... Gibson told NBC News, China could potentially weaponize our medicine. They could sell us medicine without any medicine in them. They could sell us medicine that have lethal contaminants in it. This is chilling. They've already poisoned our dogs. Remember that? That's right. Now they're coming for us. Maybe. I mean, we don't 
Hopefully not. I mean, now they have the ability to come for us if they were ever hostile toward us. Think about that. Uh, they're already hostile toward us, mm-hmm. but if it ever got worse than what it is now, they've got so many things they lord over us, like a massive debt that they hold. Uh, I guess they're second now in U.S. debt to, to Japan. Hard to believe that happened. Yeah. Uh, but the medicine thing is worse Wow. I I had no idea that most medicine was was produced in China. Who did? I mean, I you know, everybody knows. Everything in Walmart just about all of it is made in China. We all know that. But to think about something this important uh to our health and safety and well-being, this is very scary. Being produced by a potential enemy. Wow. And and I think what spooked me even more the same day I read this yes me and the Malinak kids were reading about the opium wars in China which is when Britain Uh was in the 1800s trying to sell opium to the masses in China and the government of China was like no 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 you're keeping that stuff out anyhow the merchants went back to the crown and said look we want to sell our drugs there anyway they went to war and part of that resolution the treaty if you will was that China handed over Hong Kong um, to uh, Britain. Britain, right. So Britain kept it for a century or so until recently, you know, they they gave it back. Turned it back to China. Sort of. Mm -hmm. And so when you just put it in the context of, we've Mm -hmm. already been down this road, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I don't like this at all. Because China doesn't forget. How your kids must loathe you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. My kids are like... You must hate the minute you open the door and walk through it. Yeah, It's got to be like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, good gosh. Yeah, the only one that greets me now is a uh, little dog, <laughs> Tilda. She brings me a sock every every time I come in. she doesn't have to listen to all the, yeah. all the lessons. Well, no, that's not so much that, is that Tilda forgets everything that you teach her. Oh, okay. You know, five minutes later. Mm-hmm. She thinks, oh, look, I haven't seen you today. No, you saw me five minutes ago. I've been around the corner, all right, dear? <laughs> Silly little dog, Tilda. <laughs> what kind of dog is it? Uh, half beagle, half chihuahua. And she sounds adorable. She is adorable. Oh, yeah. And sounds she brings adorable. me a sock mm-hmm. every time I come home. She greets you with a sock. And so, so there weird. are no matching socks in my house <laughs> because they're all over the place. Okay. <laughs> Good. Other generic drugs whose key ingredients are manufactured in China include medicines for blood pressure, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, epilepsy, depression. Well, we can't make penicillin anymore, uh, according to Gibson. The last penicillin plant in the United States closed in 2004. Yeah, but all of those things you mentioned, like high blood pressure, yeah, who, depression. Who has high blood pressure dementia, or depression yeah. or Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? Yeah, nobody Parkinson's. in this nation Come suffers on. from that, so we're exempt from this problem. And nobody needs penicillin. Nobody needs antibiotics. Nope. Come on. So I apologize for this story. It doesn't really apply to America. <laughs> A Chinese manipulation of drug ingredients or supply may seem like a fairly remote possibility. Not to me. That doesn't sound remote at all. (laughs) A state-run Chinese paper said this week that there's little chance the government would deliberately harm Americans by cutting off the flow of antibiotics. So they've already thought about this. (laughs) I love this. What? The state-run media. There's little chance that we'd ever. No. I, I mean, it's, well, sure, it's possible. But I'd give it only like a 20, 30, 40 percent 
possibility. No higher than 50 or 60. But what's the source for that quote? Uh, it's just the Chinese state-run newspaper. Oh, they're just saying yeah. it's just a little chance. That's just coming from, I don't know, the Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, there's just a little chance. I, no higher than 65 70%. <laughs> and certainly it wouldn't be any more than 80 90%. Wait, wait that number keeps getting bigger. <laughs> Man. This is one of the scariest yes. stories you can imagine. So as the Trump administration's trade war with China heats up, a leading Chinese economist gave voice to the worst fears of U.S. policymakers in March in a speech to an annual National Congress. China is the world's largest exporter of vitamins and antibiotic raw materials, he said. Once the export is reduced, the medical systems of some developed countries will not work. Uh, the Pentagon took note of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's then, good. All right, silver that's lining good. here. We got they're, they're on their toes. Okay. Uh, basically, we've outsourced our entire industry to China, according to Brigadier John Adams. John Adams is wow. back. What? Uh, this time, he's pissed. Wow. I don't blame him. I'm pissed, too. I, I, I mean... I didn't know he was he's in a, the military. He's a brigadier general now. Well, I mean, took it's him... It's a little bit of a... Uh, it's kind of a downgrade, isn't well, it, from gonna, president of the United States? I was going to say, and it took him 200 years <laughs> to just get to that rank there? He told uh, he NBC hired. that it's a strategic vulnerability. You think? <laughs> okay. Uh, during a 30-year career serving as a military intelligence officer, military attache in South Korea, deputy U.S. military representative to NATO. So he's this guy's been around a lot. He added he believes China understood the implications as it was building a drug ingredients industry. Mm. I think they know exactly what they're doing, and they're incredibly good strategists. They're also patient, by the way. They plan like a, a hundred years in advance. Their civilization has been around a long time, and so they, they do long-term planning. He continued, they're doing this. They select their industries for the future, and they have a plan. That, I mean, that is a frightening story. Yeah, we're gonna, ah, but don't worry about it. No, no, it's fine. We got this under control. Ah, the Pentagon is what aware. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Pentagon's aware of it. What else do you need? That's it. And just don't get high blood pressure. Or, or Alzheimer's. Like, or any kind of infection mm-hmm. that could yeah. be fought with antibiotics you know don't contract leprosy which is now coming across coming across the border and infecting people in los angeles now nah, don't worry about that mm, don't get alzheimer's disease don't get parkinson's right it's your choice <laughs> i mean if you Come just on. don't get these diseases you're gonna be fine you're fine you're gonna be fine good <clears throat> plus china will probably not do that and yeah, we just they, heard that they from just them. Told us. They yeah, said we'll we probably, probably won't, won't do, do that. They probably won't. I mean, they're they're like <laughs> our most favored trade. Could we? Or something? Right? You bet. You bet we could. We just, you know, we might not though. We and might not. It's not like we're currently bumping heads with them over anything at all. Right. 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 We're really close. We're just, tight with Chinese. We're on their good side. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. Nothing to see here. That's great. Okay. Well, I do have one remedy. Um, if you're looking for pain reliever. And relief from, from like, continual pain. Can't be chronic because that's, like, a, some sort of technical legal term. And I can't say it. So I'm not going to say this is chronic pain. It's just continual pain. And it's longstanding. Yes. Habitual. It's, okay. No. 
It's unyielding. Continuous. Lasting. Yes. It's all of these things. <laughs> and if you're suffering with that, and you know, you're know you counting on medication coming from China, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Try Relief Factor. Relief Factor was created by doctors. And here's the great thing about Relief Factor. It doesn't come from Chinese materials. It comes from four key ingredients that help your body fight inflammation. So when the inflammation goes away, usually your pain goes away. Because that is the source of a lot of the pain that we have as Americans, as human beings. Relief Factor is 100% drug-free. That is fantastic. Um, they offer a three-week quick start. Get started. Use it for three weeks. It's just nineteen ninety-five. If it works, great. Order more. 70% of those who order the quick start go on to order more. If it doesn't work, just discontinue it. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back and stop the continual pain, relieffactor.com. From the mean streets of Helena, it's Pat Gray, Unleashed. 888-900-3393. And Pat Unleashed on Twitter. By the way, we just tweeted out the link to the Chinese drug story. Chilling. Mm -hmm. At Pat Unleashed. Which is where you can tweet us uh, uh, as well. No clever handle today. (laughs) Tweets. It just in and of itself is actually clever. (laughs) Imagine this. Engineered outbreak treated by tainted medicine, both from China. Oh, no joke. If they, if if we ever went into war with them, especially if they just decided they've had enough of us and they want to do something about it, imagine they could kill, if they weaponized medicine, we get most of it from them, they could kill tens of millions of Americans. And at first, we wouldn't even know what people are dying from. We, What is going on? How did you get poisoned? Where did this come from? It would take a while to figure out, oh, man, all right, China's weaponized medicine. Then when you stop taking the medicine, then another, you know, catastrophe happens. People die because they're not taking the medicine. Really chilling possibility that maybe we should do something about. But again, at least we're... <clears throat> We're on China's good side, right? Perpetually close personal friends of ours Mm -hmm. that uh, would never do anything like that. Probably, (laughs) (laughs) he said they probably won't. Small chance. Yeah, there's just a little chance of it. (laughs) From B to Bodine, uh, don't forget the lead paint they put on kids' toys, Keith. Mm -hmm. They've been trying to slowly kill us off for a long time. Yeah, they did the dogs. Yep, they did the lead paint. Chicken too tasty tweets. So what do the Malinac kids know better, the Constitution or first aid tips? Oh, that's hmm. a toss-up. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that it is. That is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Always having to treat dad who's uh, cut himself or bashed his head or hurt his arm. Yeah. If who I knows? hear the phrase in my household, dad, don't bleed on the couch one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, then there's this story about uh, the Dutch woman in Holland. Yeah, that, that country. Netherlands. You know what? I guess. Pick <clears throat> pick a term. Pick a word. Right? Dutch. Yeah. Holland. Uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. Uh, no, you can't have. No, pick one. Uh-uh. You can have one name and yeah. one only. All right? Yeah, it's like these college teams with, <clears throat> with multiple nicknames. You can't be the Stanford Cardinal and the tree. 
You can't no, be the you can't. What, what's the Auburn Tiger? They get the War Eagle. What I mean, come on, just pick right. one of them. Pick one of them. Yeah, can't have them both. Uh, you're just greedy mm. when you're when you're doing so many names like this. <laughs> Leave one for somebody else, right? Or two. <laughs> Three years ago, a 74 year old Dutch woman with dementia was euthanized, killed by a doctor who drugged the patient's coffee without. Good golly. Drugged the patient's coffee without her knowledge and then had family members physically restrain her for the final lethal injection. Just horrific. The doctor, who's not been publicly named, why? Cleared of all wrongdoing by a court in the Netherlands on Wednesday. Clarifying the country's euthanasia law enacted in 2002 in relation to patients with severe dementia. Oh, okay. I guess this is a uh, this is a charitable thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like the baby in Germany who uh, was deaf and blind and not going to have a really good way of life. And they euthanized that child. And that started the whole decline. Um, wow. Patients with dementia can now be killed by their doctors, even if they strongly object to euthanasia. So long as they have previously given consent for the fatal procedure. In other words, if a patient were to change their mind about the assisted suicide, a doctor could still legally kill them against their will. The court ruled that in rare cases of euthanasia that were being performed on patients with severe dementia and who had earlier uh, made a written request for euthanasia, the doctor didn't have to clarify the current desire to die. And in the case of this specific Dutch woman with dementia, she never never once gave an express request to be euthanized. Mm -mm. So she never said yes the first time. In her will, which was renewed about a year before her death, the woman said she would like to be euthanized Whenever I think the time is right, and when she was asked if she wanted to be euthanized, she reiterated multiple times that her suffering was not bad enough to where she wanted to be killed. So she said exactly the opposite. There was no gray area here. That's unbelievable. Well, she was killed anyway. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yeah, because she was a, a nuisance. She was a hassle. Yeah, the doctor knew better. She didn't have a really good, you know, quality of life. So it was better for her to be killed. Part of the rationale for clearing, clearing the doctor of drugging the patient's coffee without her knowledge and killing her while she was being physically restrained against her will was in part, according to the court verdict, because the patient no longer recognized her own reflection in the mirror. So that's, a, that's grounds to, to murder her. Wow, that is world just sick, man. something else. Wow. Plus, now there's a definitely suspicious thing happening. Uh, there's an investigation into patient deaths at a West Virginia VA hospital. Federal probe into about 10 suspicious deaths at a VA hospital in West Virginia is expanding. Investigators contacting three more families of patients who died there. The VA's Office of Inspector General has been looking into the deaths at Lewis A. Johnson VA Medical Center in Clarksburg, West Virginia. 
At least two of the deaths were reclassified as homicides after the bodies were exhumed. The elderly patients received insulin injections they didn't need, causing their blood sugar to plummet. Uh, They died one day apart in April of last year. We really trusted them, that they would do whatever they could to make them well again. It was unbelievable. Heartbreaking, according to a family member. Last week, another family agreed to allow the body of their relative, who died in January 2018, to be exhumed to search for signs of foul play. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, hey, you know, the government, they're going to take care of us. Our health oh, the care program the, should be run by the government. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. so between the right? government running our hospitals and our health care uh-huh. and China with the tainted drugs, everything's going gonna, really well. We're going to, it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Man, it's rough. Everything is awesome. It's like the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. I forget the next line, though. It's, it's Everything awesome. is cool when you're part of when a you're, team. Okay, mm-hmm. something Everything like that. Everything is awesome. Pat Gray. Unleashed. Triple A 900-3393. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Looks like a, a second woman has come forward accusing Antonio Brown in the NFL of uh, sexual misconduct, saying he inappropriately propositioned her at his Pittsburgh home. He stood behind her fully naked, holding a small towel over, over his, uh, you know, the sensitive areas. Sensitive. Uh, while she painted. That's some weird stuff going on at Antonio's house. <sighs> The unnamed woman said the New England Patriots wide receiver came onto her after hiring her to paint a mural for him when he was playing for the Steelers, and their professional relationship soured when she rejected his advances. He was flirty with me, but I paid no mind because I was there on business. Plus, I had already seen him with multiple girls in the short time I was with him. (laughs) I was about 40% done on the second day, she says. And I'm on my knees painting the bottom, and he walks up to me. No. Yeah. Uh, butt-ass naked, she says, Mm-mm. with a handcloth covering his uh, unit, and starts having a conversation with me. I just kept my cool and kept painting. <laughs> after that, it all ended abruptly. She said Brown ghosted her after the incident, and that her calls to his various assistants about being paid for other work went unanswered. Oh, boy. He paid her $1,000 for the first two days of work, uh, but she said he still owes her 700 bucks for the for a painting he purchased at a charity auction. Hmm. Brown denies, of course, all allegations from her as well. He denies he ever engaged in such activities. Uh, and there's more. Oh, boy. A Pittsburgh-area doctor is the latest now to file a lawsuit against uh, Antonio Brown. Monroeville's Dr. Victor Prisk has filed a lawsuit in Pennsylvania claiming that Brown owes him $11,500 in unpaid fees, but it gets worse. Not only that. (laughs) No, what now? What? But Dr. Prisk claims Brown repeatedly, not just once, repeatedly farted in his face and (laughs) laughed about it. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, and he laughed about it? And he it? laughed. And he laughed. Wait a minute. Yeah, f- repeatedly. 
<laughs> right in his face, and then laughed. <laughs> now, Prisk said he was a he was wary of signing Brown because <clears throat> of his flighty reputation for not paying bills, mm-hmm. according to Sports Illustrated. TMZ even obtained a video of the appointment in August 2018 where... No, are you serious? This is unbelievable. So, wait a minute. He obtained... TMZ got a video where Brown can be heard farting and laughing about it as Prisk tested his body fat. So this doctor (laughs) has been holding on to this tank Uh thinking, you know what? For over a year. I'm going to play this for somebody at some point. Yeah. Then the news breaks about mm-hmm. some serious allegations. And, and now it's Doug's time. Like, now's my chance. Now it's yes, time. Yes, now it's time for the farting video. Yep. <laughs> I got to call me some TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but doctor, did he touch you inappropriately? Did he Did he uh, no. proposition you? Mm, no. Did he touch you at all? No, but he did fart. In my face, re- repeatedly. In your general direction. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. He's... <laughs> okay. So. Nasty. I mean, this guy. That's <laughs> not good. Does Antonio Brown survive this stuff? I'm telling I, you. Man. When, when I heard that that lady was going to testify or, you know, talk to the NFL yesterday, I thought, he's going to play one game, one game total with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. It might be enough to get him a Super Bowl ring, which made, will have another controversy, you know, nine months from now. Right. Yeah. But he made four catches for I don't know, fifty-six yards or something, and a touchdown. And I'll bet you, you're, I'll bet you're right. And that'll be the entirety of it. That'll be the whole career with the New England Patriots. Man. And then will anybody else touch him inappropriately or or appropriately? And this <laughs> this sounds like I'm being facetious, but I'm being completely <clears throat> serious. The week is young. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. who knows? In five days from now, what else will come out about Antonio Brown? Oh yeah, forcing the Patriots' hand yeah. to make a decision by Sunday. Seriously, could be anything. Anything can happen now. Mm. Anything can happen. Mm. That's just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, I really this other situation with the with the girl from Central Michigan, and then she flew out to Pittsburgh and she flew with him to Miami and she she says he did things to her and at beginning he was kissing her against her will and then she kept coming back well if the guy's kissing you against her your will don't go back there well he promised me that doesn't mean anything I mean if the guy's a dirtbag like that do you think you can you can trust his word uh, ridiculous. Man. But he might be just a complete douche, and uh, there's no stopping him with this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three should have his day in court, though. Let's go through the due process before he completely, completely loses uh, his job. I mean, even Geraldo Rivera just uh, commented on it. Like, could we at least? You know, go through the process before somebody is completely destroyed in their ability to support themselves. Yeah, I think that I think that's reasonable. I think it's really reasonable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, Saturday Night Live fired their new cast member. I mean, the guy they just hired, the Shane Gillis, uh, because of his racist Asian jokes. 
They announced they'll no longer bring uh, Shane Gillis aboard as a new cast member for the 45th season after unearthed video showed him making overtly racist jokes. And this was, I think these were fairly recent. Yeah, last year, 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they're really too racist and and it's too ugly to play. So we would have had to bleep about every other word. Mm -hmm. Um, But after talking with Shane Gillis, we've decided that he will not be joining SNL. We want SNL to have a variety of voices and points of view within the show. Oh, do you? Do you want a variety of points of view? <laughs> Why? Are, have, we, are there scripts we don't know about? <laughs> I have seen zero evidence of that. And we hired Shane on the strength of his talent as a comedian and his impressive audition for SNL. We were not aware of his prior remarks that have surfaced over the past few days. The language he used is offensive, hurtful, and unacceptable. And that's true. I mean, this this was racist stuff. It wasn't like, there's a dog whistle. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't something humans can't hear with their own ears. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was not dog whistle. This was just flat out racism. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We're gonna talk to Brad Meltzer in uh just a minute. But first let me tell you about the cruise that is almost completely full. You really, if you want to get on board, you've got to do it now. Uh, Glenn has added even more entertainment while you're sailing with us on this cruise. But the bad news is we're really close to filling this completely up. Now, there's going to be 3,000 of our closest, most personal friends uh, on this ship. And if you want to be one of them, you need to go to comesailaway.com and get all the details. Find the package that fits uh, what you want to do. And and order it now. The countries are going to be amazing. The historical perspective will be incredible. You'll be learning from Glenn and David Barton, Rabbi Lappin, uh, Tim Ballard. Stu and I will be there. I doubt you'll be learning much from us, <laughs> but we'll be there as well. You'll learn where the um, <laughs> buffet is yes. if you stick with them. If you just follow me, <laughs> I'll show you where the food is. There it is. <laughs> also, shows with Bill O'Reilly. We've added several shows that will illustrate how America was born out of the lessons learned from this region. It's an all-inclusive trip. That means the even the gratuity, the tips, are included, which is great because I hate to have to figure out, what do I tip this guy? Uh, you don't have to do any of that because cool. everything's paid for up front. That's awesome. Visit ComeSailAway.com to learn more. That's ComeSailAway.com to get all the details. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Brad Meltzer, uh, author of Ordinary People Change the World series, uh, joins us now. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brother Pat. How you doing? Doing good. You? I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, finishing book tour, which is a good thing because it means I uh, get to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so the most recent books that you've done on these Ordinary People Change the World series for kids um, is... Are uh, I am Walt Disney and I am Marie Curie. Correct. Yes. Uh, so um, I heard you talking to uh, Glenn about the Walt Disney uh, book last week, and he's he's a, a huge fan of Walt Disney. What is it our kids don't know about Walt Disney that uh, that they can learn from this series? Yeah, and you know, listen. I, as you know, I started this series to give my kids better heroes to look up to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, heroes not of people who are famous for being famous, but of character and kindness. And 
in this case, hard work. That's what I wanted Walt Disney to yeah. stand for here. And, you know, and Walt Disney is the great American success story, right? Gives us happily ever after, but his life isn't some fairy tale. It's hard. You know, people, our kids today don't even realize Walt Disney is a real person. Mm-hmm. They see him like the big statue of Mickey in Disneyland and Disney World. And they're like, oh, he's like Mickey's friend. But his, his life was actually difficult and his path was difficult. When he was a little kid, he used to love to draw. But his dad didn't like the fact this kid could draw. He's like, you're never going to make any money doing that. It was his aunt who used to buy him a book and say, hey, Walt, you're good at this. Keep drawing in this book. And as he gets older, he turns 21. And his first movie company is a total disaster. They tell him he's going to have to declare bankruptcy. He's sleeping in his office. Once a week, he takes a bath in the local train station. And I want my kids to know that if you chase a big dream, you may fail. But if you get back up again, that's how you fly. And that's what the book I Am Walt Disney is about, is teaching our kids how to fly. That's really, uh, that's amazing. Because, I I mean, you don't, you don't think of those kinds of things when you think Walt Disney. You think just incredibly successful entrepreneur who was a, you know, no doubt a multimillionaire and he had it he had it great from from the beginning. But uh you never hear about this the struggles that he had like you just outlined. So that's awesome. Now the other book and, and on yeah. top of that, well, I was going to say on top of that, it, you know, even think of like Mickey Mouse, right? When 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 he created he his cartoon mouse, Walt Disney said, I got an idea. We're going to call him Mortimer Mouse. And his wife is like, <laughs> Mortimer? That's a horrible name, right? Yeah. And, and so she comes up and she says, why don't you name him, I don't know, Mickey. And that's how the world gets Mickey Mouse. It's not easy. It doesn't come naturally. It, it's hard. Mm-hmm. First, Mickey cartoon doesn't sell. And I need my kids to know whatever your dream is, chase it, chase it, chase it. If you don't teach your kids that, you know, your kids learn more falling off the bike than they do on the bike. And I need I wanted a book that would actually prepare them for that. Yeah, and the other thing you need to note there is uh, maybe you should listen to your wife from time to time. Cause, uh... <laughs> right, because yes. she will give you the multi-million dollar idea that lets you sell theme parks. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there something with a rabbit, too? Didn't he start with a rabbit? He did. He had Oswald the Rabbit. Oswald the Rabbit, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and basically he lost it and kind of like, well, what you know, hard to, we didn't put this in the book because I think kids... You know, this is a book for obviously little kids, 12 and under, and we didn't really want to get into, like, copyright infringement right? <laughs> yes. like, in terms of, like, explaining that. Um, but, yeah, and that's when he said, you know what, I'll create another character. And he starts with Mickey Mouse. But, you know, the great part for us was that, Walt, you know, the Walt Disney Company loves our mission. They love that we're giving better heroes to kids, so they gave us Mickey Mouse and Minnie and Pluto and Goofy. My kids were like, you know, my daughter's like, where's Frozen? We're like, we don't worry, honey, we got Frozen. We <laughs> We, you know, if we don't put that in there, and, and, and for me, it's very personal. I live in Florida, and once a year, we, and we don't tell our kids when it's going to happen, but once a year on the way to school while I drive carpool, we drive past the school, and one day every year, we drive straight to Disney World. We leave school and drive straight to Disney World. So good. And That's really I do cool. it because I want, I want my kids to know that every day you can have some magic in your life. Has somebody right. called a truant no. officer yet? Because I'm picking up the phone yes, right now. Yes, of course, right. But, then, but the truant officer like, I want to go to Disney World too, so let's go. But, right? but, the, but the whole point of it is, is like, that's what Walt Disney stands for to me. It's like that real magic does exist. Yeah. And it exists like when you find your happy place, that thing you're doing. For him, it was drawing. It wasn't making theme parks. It wasn't making $15 balloons. It wasn't making, you know, like a, a multi-million dollar merchandising empire. Mm-hmm. It was just creating. And, and for some people, it's, you know, it's dance. And some people, it's karate. And some kid out there is like Lego, like my kid. 
And, and I wrote this, you know, my, my son who loves sports, I wrote I Am Jackie Robinson. My daughter who loves animals, I did I Am Jane Goodall. But I have a kid who's a dreamer. I have a kid who's like, you know, I, you know, always just with his Lego drawing pictures. And I was like, I need a book for him. And, and that's what I Am Walt Disney is for is very personally, it's for my own kid. I know this isn't uh, part of the book. What do you think, though, Walt Disney would think of his company today? What's become of it? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. You know, I think that, uh, you know, listen, those who want to hate on Disney hate on Disney. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what, what happens at Disney, when you go to Disney World, when you go to Disneyland, you are in this place. And I think, you know, when the reason we got, and this is what I think is probably the best answer for it, this is how we actually got Disneyland, is Walt Disney was at, uh, he used to take his daughters on the weekend to a local merry-go-round in California. And they'd be happy on the merry-go-round. He'd look around and be like, man, there's nothing for parents to do here. There's nothing for the family to be together and do together. He was bored. And so he started researching all these places around the country. He started researching amusement parks. He researched Gettysburg and historical places that families went. And he said, I got it. We're going to make this new park. It's going to have stuff from yesteryear. It's going to have stuff from the future, Tomorrowland. And we're going to have stuff from like a fantasy type land. And they said, okay, great. Well, and what about stuff from today? And he's like, no, nothing from today. And you and I, Mm. what we don't realize, I didn't realize when I started writing the book, is that Walt Disney grew up in a small hometown in Missouri that was like, you know, kind of where neighbor helps neighbor, that great old town where, you know, there's a main street and there's a train that runs down the middle. So when we go to Disney World and we go to Disneyland, we see, you know, Disneyland. What you really are looking at is a version of Walt Disney's actual hometown, his happy place where he was a kid where he was happy. Mm. Right down to the train down the middle and Main Street, USA. And I think for me, the answer to your question is like, the fact that it evokes so much joy in so many people is the whole purpose. And I I think that that's what it always stands for. Now, the other book, I Am Marie Curie, um, it's hard to put ourselves into the mindset of, you know, about 100 years ago, polite society and uh, didn't want women speaking, much less, you know, doing anything like inventing life-saving tools like the X-ray. Uh, so uh, what did you discover as you as you researched Marie Curie? Yeah, you know, and, and listen, I, what I Nobel, Marie Curie is a Nobel Prize winning scientist. But what I love about her story is that when she's a little girl, the Russian government won't even teach science to girls. They're like, it's mm-hmm. going to make them too powerful. And you know what? They're right. They're absolutely right. And as she gets older, she says she wants to study science. When she reaches college age, there's no college that will even teach science to women. So she finds this amazing uh, secret college that against all the rules secretly teaches science to women. And even when she wins the Nobel Prize and wins a second Nobel Prize, the first to ever win two Nobel Prizes in two different categories, the Nobel Jeez. Prize committee doesn't want her speaking at the own place where she's won because she's a woman. And I love the fact that her entire life, Marie Curie is told over and over again, she's denied all of it. You know, you can't be a scientist because you're a woman. You can't learn because you're a woman. You can't speak because you're a woman. But she never lets it stop her. And I want my daughter to have that lesson. And I want my sons to have that lesson again. That's why, we, you know, we paired I Am Walt Disney with I Am Marie Curie. These two books go together because thematically it's the same message, right? Whatever your dream is, you chase it and you chase it and you chase it. Awesome. Um, you know, you might have put too many words in there because as a parent, I remember uh, my kids are grown now, but I, I remember I want I want a book that's like four words per page so I can be done in about 
38 seconds. You may take two minutes to do it, but you know, the, fun, the fun to me of these, but I got to tell you one story that's just a crazy story that I haven't been able to tell, but you know, I talked to you and you guys are family, but so I had this, we did this book, I Am Robert Einstein, and I never get to tell this story, but it just happened. And there was a, we get a lot of people who have kids on the autism community who write to us about this book because the book is about mm. being different and being weird. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. Yeah. And this woman writes to us and says, I read I Am Albert Einstein in your I Am series in the Ordinary People Change World series, and I just want you to know that um, my son's on the autism spectrum, and I want to thank you. She says, my son recently passed away. Oh. And we're all like, what? Mm. And she's, you know, the horror of all horrors for a parent. And she says, but I want to thank you, Brad, because... This book was the last book that I read and had the last happy moment I had with my son was reading I Am Albert Einstein with my son. And so, of mm. course, we, you know, I track her through the news. I find out where she's from. I see that, you know, the principal of her school tells me that she's coming in to actually read the book to the students to honor her son who's passed away. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we send books to the whole class. And we dedicate them to her son. But here's the crazy part of the story. And Pat, I know you'll appreciate this as just a long-term history person is that she writes me again recently, and she says, hey, Brad, I want you to know I, I, I'm pregnant again. And she said, the baby was born, and we named him after one of our favorite characters in Star Wars, but I want you to see both names because we named them after two heroes, and I want you to meet young Finn Bradley. And, wow. my gosh, wow. like, you know, we did, wow. you know, everyone knows me, like they, my thrillers or the TV show we do on the History Channel, but this mm-hmm. I Am series that we've done has brought more joy to us. And when I was five years old, people like Walt Disney and Jim Henson and Mr. Rogers taught me you could use your creativity to put good into the world. And that's all we're trying to do here today is with this series of books is use our creativity to put good into the world. But we never thought it would pass back like this. That's wow. really cool. That's awesome. Hey, Brad, this is Keith. Um, obviously, my household loves everything you put out and every genre uh, that you touch. Um, these books are no exception. Um, I mean, the illustrations themselves are great. Um, in fact, you know, when we're not reading the constitution to my kids in the house, we're reading Brad Meltzer books. Um, but, uh, you, you wrote the uh, first conspiracy about the plot to kill George Washington and, and not to change gears off of the, I am, uh, you know, the ordinary people series change the world. Um, that Washington book was so well done, man. I'm wondering, are you going to be uh, producing any more, writing any more um, uh, historical-based books like that? That was so fascinating. And the amount of information in that uh, first conspiracy book uh, that I was completely unaware of, uh, I just I, I loved it so much from cover to cover. Couldn't get enough. Anything else coming along the, the pipe uh, with that stuff? Yeah, so quickly, yes, 100%. We are doing a new one that's going to be announced, I think, in the next week or two, and you'll see, mm. I'll tell you guys first, it's about Abraham Lincoln. So a similar vein. And for those who don't know, I'll tell you, this is the craziest story that you said reading the Constitution to your kids. Wait, listen to this. So, so obviously the book is about a secret plot to kill George Washington in 1776. George Washington found out about it, gathered up those responsible, hanged the man in front of 20,000 people the largest public execution at that point in North American history. I love the story of the secret plot to kill Washington. What no one knew at the time, right before the book came out, is when George Bush, President George Bush, uh, was dying. And what no one knew was that they had started to invite President Bush's favorite authors to come read to him. And I was in Kennebunkport, Maine. They asked me to come read to him. I was honored to, of course, do it. Mm-hmm. And I get to, and the Secret Service tells me, listen, you're going to be on for just like, 
you'll be there for five minutes. He's going to fall asleep. He's just sleeping a lot these days. I'm like, that's okay. It'd be an honor to read. So I get into his office. It's just the Secret Service leave, and it's myself, my wife, President Bush, and his service dog, Sully. Wow. This is, it. This, is the, this is the end. We know what's happening, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden on his desk, there are six books piled up on his desk. One of them is a copy of my book, The First Conspiracy. And I had given him, he had given me a blurb on the book, you know, a year earlier. I'd sent it to him earlier. This copy is like red, like it's been read. I can't tell you how many times. It's dog-eared. And I brought my own copy. I said, sir, you want to read from this one? And he says, mm-hmm, because at this point he can't speak anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. And I bring the scene in the book where President George Washington, where before he's president, when George Washington has the Declaration of Independence read to the troops for the very first time. I figured that's going to be the one to really be a nice scene to read to President Bush. And sure enough, five minutes into the chapter, he's sleeping. But I feel like I got to finish the chapter. And I get to those words we all know. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And President Bush's eyes pop open. Mm. He's locked on me as if it's like as if the words of the declaration are as intravenous. And wow. he wakes up and I say to him, we get to the end of the chapter. I say, sir, you want to read another? He goes, mm-hmm. We get to the end of that one. You want to read another? Mm-hmm. And another? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he didn't he obviously did not fall asleep in the in five minutes. No, he's the whole right. The that whole is fantastic. Time he's awake. Instead of being there for five minutes or 10 minutes, I'm there for a full hour. At the end of the hour, wow. I say goodbye to him. I know I'm never going to see him again. And I say goodbye. And when, you know, we were invited to his funeral. They're dear friends of ours. And when my wife and I went to the funeral, there was one word used over and over to describe him, which was this word, decency. Really cool. Thanks, Brad. BradMelzer.com or at Amazon. Amazon.